WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca in Monterey, California. It's time for the Indy Lights, presented by Cooper Tires on Sirius XM IndyCar Nation. It's another doubleheader weekend for the Indy Light Series presented by Cooper Tires right here on the IndyCar Radio Network. My name's Nick Yeoman. Live from WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, it's time to go racing for 35 laps with the future stars of the NTT IndyCar Series. It's the training ground for the Indy Light Series presented by Cooper Tires. As I mentioned, 35 laps around WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. We'll give you the starting lineup here in a few moments. The guy on the pole, though, dominated yesterday. His name is Kyle Kirkwood. He scored eight wins this season, uh, go along with six pole positions. After dominating yesterday, Rob Howden caught up with him in victory lane. Kyle Kirkwood, momentum so crucial in this championship. We know that you're going back and forth with David Malukas. You guys have been swinging back and forth on each other to get that momentum coming into the final four races. You win from pole, sets up good for tomorrow. Tell me how important this is to you to get this victory today. Man, it is absolutely massive. That race there, I mean, I was pushing there at the end. I saw that caution come out, and I'm like, man, I got to get ahead of him right away. And I think I pulled, like, over a second gap just on that first lap. So that was crucial for that race there because they've been really good on the straights all this year. And when they're able to use push to pass, uh, I wasn't sure it was going to happen. So I am just absolutely ecstatic with that performance right now because we're this, this weekend was so crucial for us because this is the one that we're kind of unsure about. Andretti's had not the best performances here, and now this weekend we're just miles ahead. It's probably our best track all year, so I'm absolutely ecstatic. The 28 car has been on rails, and hopefully we can do the same tomorrow. No one using fresh tires in the practice, a long practice yesterday as well, so their first time for a long-distance run, 30 laps. How overall were you happy with the setup in terms of how the car handled for that whole distance? Man, I thought it was falling off there in the middle, but after that restart, I started pushing again, and we were back down to times that we were running in the beginning of the race, so I think our car is perfect. Is there a mindset change with three races to go, getting the win, or is it still just straight up? No, we need wins. It's between David and I, and it's either him winning or me winning, and it needs to be us. Congratulations. Thank you. So Kyle Kirkwood scores his eighth win of the season yesterday in dominating fashion. Just how big was that victory? Well, Kyle Kirkwood came into this weekend five points behind championship leader David Malukas, and in just that race, based on Kirkwood winning and Malukas coming home with a fifth play, or fourth place finish, uh, Kyle Kirkwood takes over your points lead in the Indy Light Series presented by Cooper Tires with 457 points. His advantage over Malukas is now nine points, 76 over Linus Lundquist and 152 over Benjamin Peterson. Here's a look at your starting lineup today for race number two of the Indy Light Series presented by Cooper Tires. Kyle Kirkwood is your pole sitter. He'll start alongside his championship rival, David Malukas. Linus Lundquist, Daniel Frost will start alongside in row two. Benjamin Peterson, Robert McGinnis in row three. Stingray Rob and Devlin DeFrancisco in row four. Rasmus Lind and Manuel Suleiman in row five. Christian Bogle, who had issues yesterday, he'll start 11th. And our driver, Analyst Davey Hamilton joins us. Davey, all right, Kirkwood, Malukas, side-by-side on the front row to start this race. Uh, Both want it. (laughs) Who's going to get it? Well, I think right now Malukas has to be aggressive. He has to try to get the lead right off to even have a chance at this championship, knowing that there's only three races left. And the two final races at Mid-Ohio, Kirkwood has absolutely dominated those events. So it's got to be aggressive. Today's the day. He needs a win. 
And uh, the teammates, Linus Lundquist, starts right behind Kyle Kirkwood. He, he drives for uh, the opposite team. Daniel Frost is a teammate to Kyle Kirkwood. He starts right behind David Malukas. So all eyes going to be on the front of the field. Again, uh, the advantage for Kirkwood, just nine points. And Davey, he was uh, so incredibly strong uh, yesterday. Got out front. And, and, I mean, two separate times he pulled six, seven get, second gaps. Yeah, how about that? We, we thought, oh, a restart, a yellow flag. This is going to be exciting. Now we'll see whose tires are good, if Malukas has what it takes to get by a few guys to, to, to try to close up that championship. And can Kirkwood pull that lead back out? Wow, did he ever. He just he just took off again. By the first lap, he had over a second and a half lead. And why that was so important? After the first lap, you could use push to pass. But you have to be within a second and a half. He already cleared him by that, and so they couldn't even use that to try to catch him. The two guys who had the best view of that dominating win yesterday for Kyle Kirkwood are two turn announcers. They are back out on the racetrack at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca to describe their views. We'll start with Michael Young. Hello, Michael. Well, good morning, Nick Yeoman. And the fog that had laid and blanketed over this WeatherTech Laguna Seca Raceway a little bit earlier this morning is burned off now. The sun trying to peek through the only little bit of fog that we have left over the main straightaway and the grandstands that blanket that main straightaway. The AMR IndyCar safety crew slowly working their way around this circuit, cleaning things up, getting ready to go racing here with the Indy Lights. I can see the turn two portion. That's the first real glimpse of this beautiful weather tech raceway laguna seca circuit that i can see the andretti hairpin it's a double apex turn the field will make their way out of that turn two area and then go to turn three not really a lot of speed gain there because it's a very tight turn three and as they exit that turn They'll run about 200 yards or so and make that right-hander, which is turn number four. We've seen several drivers go off, uh, get those left sides into that dirt at the exit of turn number four. That's a very tight turn, and then the field will streak up the hill to turn number five, which is a left-hander, another tight turn, and potentially with a driver going off at turn four, you may see someone try to pass at the midway point of turn number five. After they make that left-hander into turn number five, they'll climb the hill, go underneath the VP bridge and then make that very tricky turn six left-hander. They'll streak down the Ray Hall straightaway, which then will lead them to turn seven and then the corkscrew of turn eight. And then the field will come to the view of our very own Jake Query. Good morning, Jake. Morning to you, Michael. Good news. I can report that the Monterey Bay still exists. That was in question a little bit from me here earlier this morning because I couldn't see it. But that was entirely because of that fog you talked about that is starting to burn off and things are starting to look again like the fantastic setting that we are so used to here at WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. Not unusual that that fog is here in the morning. We talked about that earlier, but the area of the racetrack that I will observe is simply known as the bottom of the corkscrew. You talked about that corkscrew and elevation change that takes place, Michael. That leads to a long downhill that leads, leads to the setup of turn number 10. A right-handed turn. That's what I will be watching, and it's a bank turn, so you carry a lot of speed into it, but you got to be careful because once you come off of that turn, then it's a left-hander for these drivers. That is turn number 11. When they take that left-handed turn, Nick Yeoman, that means they have completed yet another lap here 
at one of the great facilities on the West Coast, the WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. Yep, that uh, hard left-hander, turn number 11, one of the slowest corners on the racetrack, but it does. Brings you back out in front of the race fans. The grandstands to their driver's right. They'll be looking down on these drivers as they compete. Pit road to the driver's left on the front straightaway. That's how it looks from their perspective, Davey Hamilton. When you're in the cockpit, though, what's it like driving around WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca? What are the spots that can be a little tricky for these very young Indy Lights drivers? You know, like I've said before, this racetrack is so fun to drive. As a driver, it's one of the best that you could ever uh, uh, drive on. But a lot of blind areas, even coming over turn one down this front straightaway, cresting over that hill to come down to turn two, it's a bit blind. And as soon as you get over that hill, it's really time for braking. And we know how that double apex at turn two has become very tricky. Seems like more grip on the outside of that corner than the inside of the corner. So it's going to be interesting there. As you go up through turn uh, three and four, pretty pretty standard. Turn five, very fast left-hander uh, going up the hill. And by the time you get to turn seven, we, we've seen cars even this morning hit that bump. Uh, it's a, somewhat of a dip right there, super fast left-hander. And if you hit it just wrong or hit that curbing, um, it could send you flying through the gravel pit like we've seen a, a couple cars do throughout this weekend. And then it's the world-famous uh, corkscrew. What a fun corner that is, but don't overdrive it. We've seen some outstanding passes um, over the years through that uh, that corner. And then as you come through there and you come down that hill, really fast left-handers, there is some passing zones coming into that final turn 11 as well. Yeah, it is a uh, fabulous racetrack that's been hosting open-wheel racing for many, many years for the IndyCar Series dating back to 1983. And what an opportunity for these drivers in the Indy Light Series presented by Cooper Tires, who are uh, all with goals to make it to the NTT IndyCar Series. There's a monster $1.2 million dollar scholarship and championship that awaits for one of these drivers. It's going to be either Kyle Kirkwood or David Malukas, and with that scholarship prize, they can take it to the NTT IndyCar Series to go racing uh, for at least a partial schedule. Many of them have turned it into a full-time schedule. Let's go trackside to get things started here at Laguna Seca. Command to start engines from Advanced Engine Research. It will be Mike White. Mike, over to you. Gentlemen, start your AER engines. So the field of 11 roared to life here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Another look at your starting lineup. It is points leader Kyle Kirkwood, who has the top spot. He swept both pole positions so far this weekend. He will lead the field of the green flag and to his outside, it will be David Malukas, who is just nine points behind him. One-two in the championship will line up one-two for this race, barreling down towards that Andretti hairpin. In row number two, Linus Lundquist to Daniel Frost. Row three sees Ben Benjamin Peterson and Robert McGinnis in row four. Stingray Rob and Devlin DeFrancesco in that bright yellow car, number 17. Row five, Rasmus Lind and Manuel Suleiman, both in their second weekends competing in the Indy Light Series, presented by Cooper Tires. And good news with Christian Bogle, who had issues yesterday. That Carlin car has been presented.
sent it to the grid. He will start shotgun on the field. And as the uh, drivers roll out uh, onto the racetrack, Davey, it kicks off what has uh, been going to be an exciting Sunday here at Laguna Seca. Of course, the IndyCar Series race coming up as well. And uh, all of these drivers hoping that they can one day compete in the Fire Soak Grand Prix of Monterey. Yeah, absolutely. What a busy morning it has been here at this race facility. We, was, as soon as the sun somewhat peeped through those that fog and that little bit of mist in the air, there's been a car on track of some sort or another. So very active morning. It's not going to slow down. As soon as this Indy Lights race is over, we go straight into the IndyCar Series race. And uh, it's a, actually an a- active day here at Laguna Seca. Uh, good opportunity to check in with our two pit reporters as these drivers get some heat into those Cooper tires here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. We start with Rob Howden. Hello, Rob. Hey, Dick, how are you? The traditional fog that we have here oftentimes in the morning at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca, burning off already. I can start to see some of the blue skies coming through the cloud. 63 degrees here trackside. It's going to be a tremendous day. One interesting thing I saw, Nick, as they started to roll their way up pit lane, I mentioned earlier the fact that everybody uh, on those scuffed tires, but I did see fresh rubber on Stingray Rob. They may have held a set of tires for Stingray. We'll see if that plays out for him later on in the race. And Alex Wolf, uh, give me a storyline, someone you're keeping an eye on here as we're set to go racing for 35 laps. Well, the guy that I'm keeping an eye on, of course, there's the title battle of Kirkwood against Malukas. You have Lena Slunquist, who's been really a guy on the charge all through the season. But Benjamin P- Peterson, a great run, making it to the podium yesterday. And Rasmus Lynn, just his second race weekend with Hunko's Racing here in Indy Lights, looked very impressive. And he's a driver that's under the watchful eye of Formula One IndyCar standout Stefan Johansson. So those are a couple of youngsters with an eye on towards not only today, but the future in the Indy Lights. Presented by Cooper Tires. Yeah, I like that pick of uh, Rasmus Lynn. He starts ninth, but yesterday he was strong, ran right to the fifth spot, and was uh, pressuring some of those of, of the usual folks that we see at the front of the field, including uh, one of our championship contenders, uh, David Malukas. So Rasmus Lynn, a good one to keep an eye on. And then, of course, as Alex mentioned, Benjamin Peterson, who has been on the podium in three of the last five races. A field making their way for the final time. Got the start finish line the front of the field back half of the field making its way out of the corkscrew as again these drivers get two parade laps before we go racing for 35 laps five laps longer Davey than yesterday's race so uh, an opportunity for them to uh, manage those Cooper tires you got to save them for five additional laps today yeah they did a really good job yesterday managing the tires it seemed like everybody had pretty much the same at the start of the race to the end so I don't really expect anything different, although I think it's going to be less wear on these tires with a little bit cooler conditions today. So I think uh, the tire day would probably be less than it was yesterday, actually, even with five more laps. Michael Young, I know visibility was a little rough for you down there in turns two, three, four, and five during the IndyCar warm-up session. Looks like things have burned off. Pretty nice afternoon there at uh, WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. It is gorgeous, shaping up to be a fantastic day. And as Rob Howden said, the sun's starting to peek through. We can see some blue skies as the pace car brings this 11-car field through the turn four, five portion of the circuit. Pace car now making its way through turn number five. Drivers trying to get some heat into those Cooper tires, as Davey Hamilton said. A very cool morning, not expecting much tire wear, but they've got to get through this race and try to keep contact with Kyle Kirkwood, who was so good yesterday, able to check out from the field, I believe, eight seconds by the time race number one was over. Looking forward to a good one here at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. Looks like Christian Bogle made a uh, late trip to pit lane during this uh, first of, of two parade.
eight laps. That Carlin racing machine quickly hustling to tag the tail end of the field. Uh, the good news for Bogle, he's not going to lose any positions. He was starting shotgun on the field. Lights, though, Jake Query are off on the pace car as they make their way out of the corkscrew as we are about to go racing at WeatherTech Raceway. And the real key here is going to be as Kyle Kirkwood gets right on the rear of the pace car into turn number 10 and then backs up just a little bit. Next time they come by here after this race begins, is this the order they'll be running? Because Kirkwood, as Davey talked about, wants to make sure he's aware of the aggression behind him. Field working their way through turn number 11 as we get set to go racing here at WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca. How aggressive will the championship duo be towards each other in row number one in corner number two? Out of the final corner. A little tire smoke in the back half of the field, but they accelerate. Kyle Kirkwood gets a nice jump over David Malukas as they roar down towards turn number two. Kyle Kirkwood will remain in that lead with uh, David Malukas stalking him for second, but Linus Lundquist, a teammate to David Malukas, those two nearly make contact at the exit of turn number two. Now Linus Lundquist has Daniel Frost on his rear wing, but Kyle Kirkwood making his way through turn number four will check out to about a five-car length advantage over David Malukas. Then it's Linus Lundquist, Daniel Frost, that battle for fifth right now, Benjamin Peterson and Robert McGinnis. They go battle side-by-side nearly as Devlin Francesco also joined that battle. The field climbs a hill to turn six. Like a racehorse out of the gates, Kyle Kirkwood took that green flag and shot to the advantage as he leads them up the hill towards the corkscrew. His advantage over Kyle Kirkwood, or excuse me, over Malukas is about five or six car lengths. Then it's Linus Lundquist who runs in third. They make their way out of the corkscrew for the first time. Kirkwood yesterday was so brilliant in making sure that he did not have any tactical errors over the course of 30 laps. Going to have to do it for five more today, but he is already through turn number 11, opening up a 10 car length advantage. Bit of an issue at the back of the field, Davey. Devlin Francesco and Stingray Rob not playing nice out of turn nine. Yeah, Stingray Rob actually got to the outside of, uh, of DeFrancesco, and DeFrancesco absolutely didn't leave him any room coming off that turn seven. It's a downhill left-hander, a lot of momentum through there, a lot of G-forces through that corner as well, heavy steering, but uh, pretty much pushed him right off the racetrack. Race leader Kyle Kirkwood leaving turn number three, Michael his way now through turn number four. Hits the right side on that curbing and then lets that car swing out. Puts those left sides on that curbing, but already has a 15-car length advantage over David Malukas. Trying to stretch out this championship points lead. David Malukas has Linus Lundquist about four car lengths behind him. Daniel Frost, Benjamin Peterson, they're your top five. And what do those 15 car lengths that Michael described look like on the stopwatch? They look like two full seconds. The advantage for Kyle Kirkwood. He's already at the top of the hill, bending that car to the left to make his way down the corkscrew. It's a five-and-a-half-story drop before they jump into the eyes of Jake Query. Kyle Kirkwood writing the same story as yesterday, and that is so far so good running up front. Malukas then. The real battle might be right now for third. Lundquist has it, but you have Daniel Frost that is now closing in with a car length and a half. Yeah, Daniel Frost with a good fourth-place qualifying uh, effort. He qualified ahead of Benjamin Peterson, who was up there most of yesterday. Those three cars nose to tail. Lundquist runs third. Frost runs fourth. And then it's Benjamin Peterson in fifth. Michael, it's a good battle heading to turn number two. 
Yeah, Benjamin Peterson trying to close in on that rear wing of Daniel Frost. They really slowed down through the exit of turn number two and stay that way through turn number three, then really pick up the throttle as they make their way through turn number four. Kyle Kirkwood still about a 15 to 20 car length advantage. Looks like he's gapped him a little bit more. David Malukas runs by himself in second. Then it's Lita Slutquist in third, and that battle again shaping up for the fourth position. It's Daniel Frost in fourth, Benjamin Peterson in fifth, Robert McGinn is not too far behind in sixth. It's another four-tenths of a second added to Kyle Kirkwood's lead over David Malukas, 2.4 as they head towards the corkscrew, but we are keeping our eyes on the battle for third. Lundquist in that first orange and black car. He's got Daniel Frost all over the gearbox, all over the rear wing. Jake, as they race their way back down the hill out of turn nine. David Malukas got a little bit loose, by the way, entering into turn number 10, coming off that elevation change, but was able to save it. Then Lundquist, and then Frost. Peterson is now cr- starting to close in on Frost. That might be Frost's bigger concern, Nick. Yeah, he is uh, in between those two orange and black HMD Global Racing Group teammates. Would like to focus on ahead to grab third, but Michael, he's got Benjamin Peterson about four car lengths back as they get on the brakes into two. Yeah, and Peterson really tucks his car, those left sides, right on the apex of that hairpin at turn number two. That'll allow him to close into about a car length behind Daniel Frost. This is the battle for that fourth position as Kyle Kirkwood again has a bad, fast race car. He's checked out. Malukas by himself in second. Linus Lundquist. And again, that battle for the fourth position. Daniel Frost with a very nice run out of turn number four negotiates turn number five. Daniel Frost, three car lengths ahead of Benjamin Peterson. And Malukas about 2.6 seconds back now, but the best battle continues to be for fourth as Daniel Frost trying to hang on. He's starting to lose the rear of that 26 car of Linus Lundquist and boy, Benjamin Peterson closes to within a car length. That car gets really sideways though, exiting the corkscrew. Jakey's going to have to gather it back up. Peterson giving chase to Frost at a nine. And Peterson kind of looking from both angles if you will on Frost. Started high, then went low, entering turn number 10. Not able to make up any ground. He's about a half a car length back. The other car, by the way, that has had a little bit of movement here early on, that is Stingray Rob. Rob Houghton mentioned he started out on fresh tires, started seventh. He's dropped two spots down tonight. Yep, but of course, uh, he had an incident early on with Devlin Francesco. so Stingray Rob's going to have to gather it back up as we work lap number four of 35. Davey Hamilton, Kyle Kirkwood doing exactly what the entire field didn't want to see, 2.9 seconds in just four laps. Yeah, over to the guy chasing him down in the championship, Malukas. And then Malukas has a fairly good lead over Lundquist as well. But three seconds back right now, Kirkwood just continues just to pound away, just a tenth here and a tenth there. And now uh, as this race continues on, it could stretch back to that six or seven second lead like we've seen yesterday. And we've been watching some of the battles throughout the course of the field, Davey. Daniel Frost splitting those two Global Racing Group HMD drivers. But uh, those guys can't get away from each other mid-pack. I mean, clean air seems to be pretty king here at uh, at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca and none of those drivers have it right now. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, e- even even uh, the two-seater, I know you can't compare that, but uh, we, we run close to the speeds of these cars. I mean, we're off a bit. But dirty air, even in that, it really affects these cars. We, we're in a line of five, we're driving around and and then out in front, sometimes you get clean air. It's like, wow, what a difference it makes. So that's just in that car. So when you get in these uh, these Indy Lights cars and Indy cars, it makes even a larger difference. So clean air, as you said, clean air is king. But, though, you know, from about third place all the way down, Nick, to really, we're seeing 
Rob and Knife, there's nose to tell on top of each other. There's one mistake, somebody could uh, gain or lose a lot of ground. Guys mentioned that uh, Stingray, one of those drivers who's on fresh tires, Davey. How important is it to maximize those things right at the uh, at the start of the race, or do you conserve to make sure that they'll last for 35 laps? Yeah, no, I think you go for it. I think he had to, and I think that's what he was doing when he got on the outside of DeFrancesco. Just unfortunately, DeFrancesco took a little extra space coming off turn seven and or turn eight. I'm sorry, and pushed him uh, pretty much pushed him out of the way, and and uh, that's just the way it goes sometimes. So he lost that ground. Now, the longer the race goes, the more the tires are going to equalize. They're going to be the same amount of grip for him, even though they're new tires over the, the, the team to put scuffed on. Back down the hill, Kyle Kirkwood's advantage now 3.4 seconds. So he is uh, continuing to extend it two, three, maybe four tenths of a second per lap here on lap number five. His points advantage has grown as they run from nine up to 15 with just two races remaining. One doubleheader weekend at Mid-Ohio, two weeks from today, remaining on the schedule. The good news for David Malukas, uh, Michael Young, it does not appear like Linus Lundquist is really challenging him for that second spot as they run. No, it's kind of settled down, at least uh, for David Malukas and Linus Lundquist, as Kyle Kirkwood makes his way through turn number four. He will now be about halfway between four and five. David Malukas really kind of keeping track with him. Once that two-and-a-half-second gap emerged, it looks like David Malukas able to hold at least that two-and-a-half second deficit. Then it's Linus Lundquist, Daniel Frost, and Benjamin Peterson. That battle has settled down. Robert McGinnis runs in that sixth position, and he and Devlin Francesco, the two Andretti Autosport drivers, probably the closest battle we have currently here at WeatherTech Raceway. Yep, middle of the pack. Things are starting to settle down. Again, they were all separated by one or two car lengths for about the first four or five laps as guys thought about and entertained making passes. But as Michael pointed out, Jake, things starting to settle out, and some of those gaps starting to grow three, four, five car lengths throughout the field. Yeah, and the other trick right now on the racetrack is quite simply this. If you think about when you're sitting at home and there are sunbeams coming through the window in areas of your flooring that all of a sudden have sunlight on them, that's kind of what the racetrack is experiencing right now because of the way this fog is burning off. It was an area into turn number 11 where suddenly it was sun-drenched. Now it's a little bit behind cloud cover, but that might play into just kind of dancing around for the drivers in terms of the light that they're moving in and out of throughout the course of the racetrack. But right now, everybody's starting to balance out. This is what we saw yesterday, Nick. Then in the later stages of the races, when everybody realizes the clock is ticking, is when it becomes go time. But we're at race pace right now, and Kyle Kirkwood likes what he sees. Davey battle for eighth looks to be pretty good. That's Rasmus Lind, who put two uh, Cooper tires off the racetrack moments ago. That allowed Stingray Rob to close as they make their way out of turn six. Yeah, and that's what uh, you hope that happens, is that somebody in front of you makes that mistake. Now, those are teammate cars, and uh, they don't want to uh, get into each other, that's for sure. But it seems now that they're kind of even back out, but Stingray Rob, did he made a good run out of it, but just couldn't quite make the pass happen. Yep, those two are teammates for Hukos Hollinger Racing, and uh, kind of some cool news, Davey, over the last couple of weeks, as they've announced Ricardo Hukos' team, after an absence uh, here over the last year or two, 
They are set to go IndyCar racing full-time in 2022. A driver to be announced. Callum Eilat has been in that car uh, last week at Portland, again this week, and will be in that car at, uh, at uh, the final race of the season in Long Beach. But uh, so good to see Ricardo Junco's back in the sport and uh, back at IndyCar racing in 2022. Well, he's a guy that never, never gave up, right, Nick? I mean, he had a team. He struggled with it as far as the IndyCar side of it goes, just not having the results or the funding really to do it the way he wanted to. As we know, plenty of wins and championships in this, the lower divisions, but uh, wants to be in the, the elite IndyCar series. And now it looks like a really good opportunity to do that. Brings in a partner. A partner's a incredible guy. has been involved with Formula One, comes over to IndyCar. Uh, should be a good marriage there. And now it's all on driver hunt. Who are they going to put in that cockpit? Who are they going to have as far as engineers with that team? And, and how, how fast are they going to grow it? So it's good. It's a great opportunity. It's good to see a guy that continues to just work hard to get the IndyCar series have it finally happen. Yeah, and some, some financial backing with the partnership uh, is going to help a lot because sponsorship dollars just so hard to find. You know, David, we, we talk so much about that incredible story when Kyle Kaiser uh, knocked out, you know, McLaren and Fernando Alonso to qualify for the Indianapolis 500. I loved that after he qualified for that race, that car had, you know, about a hundred different small sponsorship stickers all over it. Lots of different <laughs> companies that wanted to get involved. I mean, Ricardo because he's doing it the hard way, but uh, boy, the, the hard work is, is already starting to pay off. Yeah, and one thing that, that he has to offer is a lot. Uh, he, he has experience. He has a fantastic uh, shop right there in Indianapolis, right in Speedway, Indiana, actually. Um, he has the cars, the equipment, the people. He just needed some funding to, uh, to help him make sure the cars were on racetrack and doing it properly. So it seems that maybe that part of the puzzle is solved now and, and that he could uh, he could go after some, uh, not only being full-time, but go after some wins and, and start uh, being competitive in the series. And uh, Rob Houghton, I want to bring you in because while certainly it hasn't been a great season for Ricardo's organization in terms of success in Indy Lights, this is a very, very proud organization up and down the road to Indy ladder system with lots of wins and championships. Yeah, no, indeed, for sure, Nick. You watch the, the races they've won. We just talk about the race here as well at, uh, at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Last time we were here, uh, they were able to win both races with Renus VK back in 2019, but they have been perennial front runners in both the Indy Lights and the Indy Pro 2000 category. A number of race wins, championships, of course, with Renus VK. Uh, we saw the championship last year for Stingray Rob. They've just been in this program for so many years, and it's just the way Ricardo Hunkos does things. He's able to attract fantastic drivers to his program. A race win with a young driver named Reese Gold earlier this year as well. Reese getting his first Indy Pro 2000 win. You know that they'll continue to push, and this new program, this uh, elevation into the NTT IndyCar Series, will help extend the program they already have here with the Road to Indy. And you can move one of their drivers up a spot as Rasmus Lind has gotten around Devlin Francesco to pick up the seventh position. Lind had a really stout top five performance yesterday. Uh, so as he starts to pull away from Devlin Francesco, we'll see if that other Hunko Solinger car of Stingray Rob, car number two, can start to catch that uh, neon yellow machine of Devlin Francesco to contest the eighth position. Up front, it is Kyle Kirkwood and that lead 
lead continues to grow. A solid six seconds now over David Malukas. Make it 6.2 as he heads towards turn number 11. He'll complete lap number 10 here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. This is the Indy Light Series presented by Cooper Tires on the IndyCar Radio Network. Here's a look at your full field rundown. It is Kirkwood by 6.2 seconds over Malukas, who runs in the second spot. Linus Lundquist is third. Daniel Frost for Andretti Autosport runs in the fourth spot. Benjamin Peterson is fifth. Robert McGinnis is sixth. As we mentioned just moments ago, Rasmus Lind has moved into the seventh position. Devil Francesco runs in eighth. Stingray Rob is ninth. Manuel Suleiman making his third start in the Indy Light Series uh, this weekend. He runs in the tenth position. And Christian Vogel for Carlin Racing, he just clicks off his tenth lap. Uh, he's a good 25 seconds behind the race leader running in the uh, 11th position. And uh, Davey Kirkwood, man, I'm just watching that gap between himself and Malukas, and that thing is headed in the wrong direction for David Malukas, already up to 6.5 seconds. You mentioned, I mean, he is just pounding this racetrack. Uh, no signs of slowing down at any point in this during this race. None whatsoever, Nick. I mean, last lap, 117.2 for leader Kirkwood, 117.8 for Malukas. That's not what he needs. It needs to be the other way around. It needs to catch up time. But uh, unfortunately, I think that he, that Kirkwood has figured this racetrack out. The car fits fits the, his style in this racetrack, and he just you know he just continues to check out. To get an idea of uh, just how fast Kyle Kirkwood is, he is heading into turn two now, right as David Malukas is crossing the start finish line. So that gap has grown to seven seconds. Let's go back to pit lane and check in again with Rob Howe. You know, Nick, just to give you guys some more insight into Kyle Kirkwood, many of you are obviously race fans that kind of just watch Indy Lights, maybe don't follow the entire road to Indy. It's not really a surprise to those of us in this community and in this paddock seeing what Kyle Kirkwood's done. He won the USF 2000 championship in similar fashion uh, back in 2018, was able to win the Indy Pro 2000 championship in 2019 here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. A much tougher weekend there as he was able to come away with the championship as some circumstances played out perfectly for him. But this is something you don't want to let Kyle Kirkwood do if you're his competition. He's the kind of driver that can really go on a streak. He gets this level of confidence and this level of calm that come together. I spoke with him yesterday at the Cooper Tire stage and just to see the way he was kind of handling the situation right now with three more races to go, the, the chance to have in that $1.25 million scholarship in his pocket to find out where he could go next year in IndyCar, you could just see how calm he was. You just look at the body of work, Nick, what he's done over the last 11 races. He's been first or second in the last 11 races races. The only one out of that uh, 11 races was the DNF for the, uh, the park failure uh, at Road America while he was leading. Literally the last 11 races he's been first or second. This kid is on such a roll right now. Confidence, momentum, and as you said, a real good feel for this track. They tested here back in February. The temperature very similar to what it was that particular test, and I think that's played a little bit to them as well. Not a super hot weekend here, so everything they learned back in February really coming to play here this weekend. Yeah, and he didn't necessarily sound super confident that uh, he could put together this type of weekend heading into this race weekend. Uh, obviously has been Ohio circled at the uh, tail end of the calendar, but boy, the setup and the driver's skill has been absolutely perfect for Kyle Kirkwood. Rob talked about the last 11 races. It really all started in the doubleheader at Detroit as Indy Lights returned to Bumpy Belle Isle for the first time in many years. And Kirkwood swept that race weekend. And in the last 11 races, he's won seven of them. Davey, it, it, 
you know, it, it started out a little rough for Kyle Kirkwood. He only won one of the first six races. We, we knew he was uh, very heralded coming in to this season with all those accolades that Rob just talked about. It took a few races, but boy, after Detroit, he has caught fire. And as Rob talked about, it's either race wins or podiums uh, or, or, you know, a mechanical issue here or there. I mean, he's been absolutely on fire for the last, really, three, four months of this season. Absolutely has, Nick. And, and you know, I think it just get, getting used to these race cars, just knowing what it takes to, to be fast in these cars and the communication between him and the team just to make sure that they know each other's style and what they need to do to make the car fast. Obviously, they hit that with a home run. And, and you know, one thing that it looks pretty positive that Kyle Kirkwood's going to get that scholarship and and to go on to the NTT IndyCar Series for several races, including the 500. But here's the question, Nick. Where would he go? Where where you know, where's a seat open at this point to, to take that money? He's obviously with Andretti Autosport. They currently run four cars in their series, but just rumor of it is uh, their, their stable's full, and his name wasn't part of it from the rumors that I heard. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where he chooses to take that money to, to uh, go IndyCar racing. Will Andretti add a fifth car just for the races he has to run? Soon to see. Yeah, it is fascinating because uh, he certainly feels like one of these uh, next great things, the great talent that only comes around every so often, and uh, his name has certainly been kicked around with uh, with some different team owners, but uh, you're right, Andretti Autosport, maybe not be, uh, maybe don't, don't write it down in ink quite yet, so we're going to find out. 8.6 seconds, the advantage for Kyle Kirkwood with 20 laps to go. Rob Howden, did you say you had something on pit lane? Yeah, let's grab Michael Andretti and ask that question. Michael, you guys here at Andretti Autosport have been a, a talent development team, obviously. Uh, guys like Pato Award, Oliver Askew have been able to win championships with you, but we didn't see them in an IndyCar uh, nowadays here with Andretti Autosport. You're lining up to potentially get another championship here, your third straight with Cal Kirkwood. Is there an opportunity that we see him in an Andretti car next year? Well, we haven't won it yet, but uh, you know we have a good shot. Uh, he's doing an awesome job this year. He's a true talent, and uh, yeah, we'd love to keep him in the family some way. Uh, there's a lot of things working, and uh, you know, hopefully that there, you know, if it's not IndyCar, it could be somewhere else. So yeah, we're, we want to keep him in our family. You've had some great drivers. You look at the Patos and the Olivers and the other drivers you've had over the years. How do you rate Kyle? And what do you think are some of his positive attributes to allow him to do what he does in a race car? Well, he just, he, he's a complete driver. You know, he understands what's going on in the cockpit. He's very much in control. He, he has a good demeanor. I mean, he's, he's the real deal. So, you know, he's, he's as good as we've had come through our system. So, you know, as I said, you know, we, we want to figure out a way to keep him in our system. Thanks for the time. Thanks. Michael Andretti, guys, not saying a whole lot there, Nick Yeoman. They would like to keep him, but there is rumors of other drivers potentially getting that potential final seat at Andretti Autosport. But I'm telling you, this kid's a hot commodity. I'd be, I'd be hard-pressed to see uh, what Michael Andretti would do if he loses him, lets him slip away. Yeah, I mean, uh, David, the thing that stands out, as Michael said, we'd like to keep him in the family, if not an IndyCar somewhere. <laughs> Tell you what, I mean, if he's poised to win his ninth race in a championship, this young man has uh, future IndyCar talent written all over him. I would hope that they'd be able to keep him somewhere uh, in the IndyCar paddock. Yeah, and you look at all the different divisions that uh, Michael's team is involved with or owns and has. I know F- Formula E is one, right? I mean, Formula E, they're, they, they're active in that. Would, would 
you ship him over there maybe for a year or two until the IndyCar seat opens up. Who knows? Yeah, as Rob just mentioned over Intercom, you know, Formula uh, F1 is in is in his eyesight uh, of getting Michael's trying to get something rolling in the Formula 1 uh, uh, series as well, but that's yet to be done, so it's pretty hard to commit to that, but but you never uh, you never know. I mean, uh, obviously, we, we, want, we know that Kirkwood wants to be an IndyCar. Davey, the interesting thing as well, as I said, I talked to, to Kyle yesterday on the Cooper Tire stage, and one of the things he did said, I, you know, I asked him about next year. Where are you with that? What are your, is your mindset? Of course, totally focused on this race today, and of course, uh, in two weeks at Mid-Ohio, to see if he can't lock this championship down. As Michael said, it's not done. But what he did say was to win that scholarship, the $1.25 million extra, that's going to open up the possibilities of where he could go. If he doesn't have that scholarship, he's got some funding, it may be one team. But to, be at, to add that, uh, you know, million and a quarter kind of opens up that budget and Nick could give us a couple of different opportunities that teams may be further up the grid. Yep, there's no doubt. I mean, it is amazing what uh, the Andersons and Cooper Tires and uh, and what they put together in terms of this scholarship prize. Uh, it does. It opens up doors. It has for many, many years for these drivers and for Kyle Kirkwood. Uh, it, it certainly, it shores up a future, that's for sure, and it gives him some opportunities to, uh, to search around for a potential IndyCar ride heading into next year. He is your race leader. That uh, lead is now double-digit in terms of seconds. It is 10.1 seconds, the advantage over Kyle Kirkwood as he is flat-dominating here at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. David Malukas runs in second. Linus Lundquist is third. Lundquist is a good five seconds behind Malukas. So, again, in terms of the podium, not a lot of action up front. Daniel Frost runs in fourth. He's been trying to hold off Benjamin Peterson, who is uh, within one second. Peterson runs in fifth. Robert McGinnis runs in sixth. Rasmus Lind trying to track him down and does appear to be catching him. Uh, Lind runs in the seventh spot. Devlin DeFrancesco is eighth. He's had his hands full with Stingray Rob trying to run him down for the battle for the eighth position. Uh, Stingray runs in ninth. Manuel Suleiman in tenth. Christian Bogle is eleventh as we have reached the halfway point here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Good opportunity to uh, check in with our turn announcers uh, again. And uh, Michael Young, it is been a while since we've seen a lead quite like what Kyle Kirkwood has put together here in just 18 laps. And it was impressive what he's done thus far, and I think that lead may grow even greater as David Maluk has put those left side Coopers off into the dirt at the exit of turn number four. Really had to keep control of it as the back end wiggled on him. He was able to bring it back on the circuit, but it is just so impressive to see this road to Indy program, Nick, and as Rob had said, rarely do we see a talent like this make his way through this system, and just an impressive run again from Kyle Kirkwood thus far here again today. And Jake, not to be outdone, let's. we should give a tip the cap to David Malukas. I mean, Kyle Kirkwood's stealing the headlines today, but David Malukas has still won seven races and is in this championship hunt. A young man from Chicago, Illinois, that uh, has a future IndyCar talent written all over his fire suit as well. I was intrigued to see what David Malukas would be able to do heading into this season because he started to show those glimpses, I think, at the end of last year, Nick, and he has not disappointed. You are correct in the fact that it's been a great season for him, and that's not to say that it's a season that he still isn't going to be able to try to fight for that championship, but obviously he sees it now slipping away as Kyle Kirkwood just went into turn number 11. As a matter, no, I take that back. That was Christian Bogle that I think might have had a problem through turn at number 11. We shall see it, but Kirk 
Kirkwood is so dominant here in this race. Malukas can't be completely, if you will, turned off by that because he has had, obviously, a really good run here and got really good spirited battle at the outset of this race from Linus Lundquist just behind him. But Kyle Kirkwood, the leader, is now into turn number 10 and setting up for turn number 11. To give you an idea how big that lead is, he now goes out of my sight through turn number 11, still waiting, and then boom, there is David Malukas working his way through turn number 10. So a dominating performance here for Kyle Kirkwood, but still a solid day for David Malukas as well. Yep, 12 seconds the advantage now for Kirkwood over Malukas. Lundquist runs in third, and then actually a pretty good battle. Daniel Frost has been running in the fourth uh, position for the majority of this race. Benjamin Peterson just won't let him get away. In fact, that's one of the things that impressed me most about Peterson. Boy, he has really tracked the rear wings of cars all year long. Michael, let's pick up that battle for fourth as they make their way into turn two. Yeah, they're through the Andretti hairpin, and Benjamin Peterson closes right in on that rear wing of Daniel Frost. Frost now will check back out about three car lengths or so as they make their way slowly through turn number three. And here's the turn, turn four. Linus Lundquist through. Then it's Daniel Frost. He negotiates turn four. And Benjamin Peterson about five car lengths behind Daniel Frost. But I tell you, Benjamin Peterson has been doing a very good job just trying to chop a second or two off, or I should say a tenth or two off, each and every time they come through this portion of the track, they've already climbed the hill and they're up to turn number six. Yeah, I just think about races this season. Detroit comes to mind where Benjamin Peterson has just been really good at uh, hounding drivers late in races as he conserves those Cooper tires. That's exactly what he's doing again today. It's about two car lengths, the battle for fourth out of turn number nine. It's interesting because Daniel Frost for a while there was trying to get into the battle for third with Linus Lundquist and said it's that other black and orange machine that is the focus of his attention talking about Benjamin Peterson who runs in fifth but still just a car length and a half advantage through turn number 11 and an area now that is sun drenched on this racetrack. Davey just saw Daniel Frost have to swing that car a little wide at corner exit. Looks like he might be having a hard time putting the throttle all the way down at corner exit. Yes he did. He took it out very wide 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 as you can go without going into the gravel but still he's holding him off right now I mean right now let's start at the top with Kirkwood 13 second lead right now 13 seconds pretty amazing and then six second lead from Malukas to Lundquist but then Lundquist crossed a little bit closer but right now I think Frost is looking more in his rearview mirrors than he is ahead of him with Peterson right behind him and any mistake made by those two McGinnis is ready to take hold of that spot as well so it's pretty exciting to the middle of this field with uh, I mean, with 14 laps to go. Davey, how often do drivers use those those side view mirrors on either side when you're driving? I mean, I know when you're driving in your passenger car, they're key, but uh, when you're traveling at this speed, I would think conventional wisdom says, man, you have to be eyes forward, focused on hitting your braking points because of the speeds. Uh, those mirrors, though, how, how important do they play uh, a role in, in races like this? Well, so, so as a driver coming from short track racing, I I do not like mirrors when you're racing because too many times they're used for blocking. You look in the mirror and you're trying to, for example, I'm going to use Portland for an example with Malukas and Lundquist. Uh, Malukas seen him make a move. He goes down. He sees him in the mirror. He moves down, tries to block it. What does that do? It stacks them both up and Kirkwood passes them both to where I always like the racing where if there's no rearview mirrors, uh, you have to look forward all the time and you're playing offense, not defense, and I do like that. But in our kind, in this form of racing, you need mirrors because of pit stop, Nick. You have to be able to merge onto the racetrack and there's some other issues that go into it. You just have to have them. Now, 
Uh, I like them, and I think it's good for safety and a lot of things, like I said, with merging out on the pits, you know, merging with traffic after pit stops and so forth. Uh, so if they're used in a positive way, but use them in a negative way, it slows you down. You always want to look ahead. You always want to charge. You don't want to look at those mirrors. Unfortunately, um, you do glance in them quite often, I think, just to know where you're at. Even Kirk went with a huge lead. I'm sure he glances in it every now and then just to see where he stands, if there's anybody behind him. So um, it's a key opponent for sure. Uh, with 14 and a half seconds, the advantage, I'm guessing he doesn't see anyone at any point on this racetrack when he uses those mirrors. He may see drivers when he you know, snakes his way around turns two and three and four as they kind of the racetrack double back on itself but uh, boy the advantage is just so strong for him uh, when we're talking about those uh, using those rear view mirrors we're kind of referencing the battle for fourth as Daniel Frost has been trying to hold off Benjamin Peterson that battle Michael once again making its way out of turn number two yeah Benjamin Peterson had a bit of understeer as he exited turn number four two laps ago and that cost him about three car lengths I will say Daniel Frost looks as if he's starting to close the gap between he and Linus Lundquist. That would be the battle for third. So third, fourth, and fifth running together as they exit turn number four. Linus Lundquist will lead those three cars through turn number five. All three putting the left tire. Coopers onto that curbing. Benjamin Peterson wiggling that front end. Looks like he had a bit of understeer again, but everything about five car lengths between third through fifth. Yep, just 12 laps to go here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. Kyle Kirkwood, David Malukas have set sail where we're keeping our battle on the I uh, battle for third as they make their way out of the corkscrew and Jake it just feels like those three Lundquist, Frost and Peterson are about as evenly matched as anybody on the racetrack yeah and again Linus Lundquist coming down the hill looked to bobble just a little bit Frost not able to take advantage he got a little bit wide through turn number 10 and that allowed Peterson to again close in but you've got to get onto the brakes in turn number 11. And, of course, by the time Peterson did that, he saw the fact that Frost had gotten away. It's a four-car length separation between the two. Yep. Uh, the, again, starting to pull away just a little bit. Lundquist on the stopwatch. It's 1.3 seconds over fourth place running Daniel Frost. Frost has about uh, nine-tenths of a second over uh, Benjamin Peterson, who runs in the fifth spot. Then it's Robert McGinnis, Rasmus Lind, Devil D. Francesco, Stingray Rob, Manuel Suleiman in tenth, and then Christian Bowles in 11th. Again, 11 laps to go in the Indy Lights Grand Prix of Monterey, race number two. This is round 18 of the championship. You've been able to listen to all of them right here on IndyCar Radio. It has been a really, really fun season. Kyle Kirkwood with eight wins. Looks like he's poised for his ninth. David Malukas with seven on the year. Linus Lundquist has scored a pair of victories as well. Both of those came early in the season. It has flat out been Malukas and Kirkwood week after week, going back and forth, trading race wins, trading the points lead at numerous occasions, and that is why uh, with just two and call it a third of a race left, uh, the points advantage is still at just 15 as these teams will uh, head back to the East Coast, head back to the Midwest, technically, uh, traveling from the West to the East to Mid-Ohio in two weeks' time for the final two races of the season where a championship will be crowned and scholarship prizes handed out for some very deserving drivers and teams. Of course, we're getting set for the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Live coverage coming up 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific time, right here on these same outlets, the IndyCar Radio Network as well as our station affiliates. We go across the network. And, uh, Davey, we've got another Indy Lights graduate on the pole position, Colton Herta, who I would imagine is going to try to do his best Kyle Kirkwood impression uh, when we go racing a little bit later today. Yes, 
he is. I don't know. With 27 cars uh, in the IndyCar Series starting today's race, a lot of competitive guys, fields really close. Do I think that Colton has what it takes to check out? Absolutely, I do. I don't know if he can do 17 seconds like Kirkwood is right now. I think it's going to be a little more competitive than that. But saying that is he's in the catbird seat right now. Uh, average winner, I think, starts 1.6 that, win, that wins these races for a long, long time. Very difficult to pass at this, you know, very uh, technical racetrack. And uh, boy, Colton, what outstanding job with his teammate Rossi, who needs a win, really, right, starting right beside him. Don't forget, sometimes third spot's a really good place to start behind uh, going down into turn one and two, and that's Will Power. Uh, as we know, he continues uh, trying to win races and, and polls to, you know, set new records all over the place as well. Moments ago, just saw a big lockup for Robert McGinnis, who's running in the sixth spot. He uh, really skidded that right front tire heading towards the corkscrew as Rasmus Lynn tries to run him down. McGinnis, of course, drives for Andretti Autosport. And this weekend, Davey, I mean, it, everything's coming up, Andretti Autosport, whether it be yeah. Indy, Indy Lights with Kirkwood dominating. Uh, we mentioned Colton Hurd on pole position, and he's going to have a teammate to his outside, Alexander Rossi in car 27, that Napa Autoports car, uh, starting to show some strength, some much-needed strength after what's been a really tough two-year span for Rossi. He looks like he's got a chance to win in his home state this weekend as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't want to put a cap on it yet. The first race isn't even over uh, with Kirkwood leaving it, but this could absolutely be an Andretti sweep for the weekend in the Indy Lights and IndyCar Series. Uh, They're the favorites in both divisions. Kirkwood now with an 18-second lead, 18.4-second lead over second-place Malukas. And and when you have Andretti Autosport teammates on the front row, advantage goes to that team, no question about it. So we'll see if the Andretti Autosport team can hold on to those uh, front row spots and pick up a much-needed win towards the end of the season at IndyCar. In Indy Lights, Kyle Kirkwood is about eight laps from closing out his ninth win of the season. He has been dominant today. The advantage, 18.75 seconds over David Malukas. Malukas has just been just just been as uh, dominant as well as he runs in the second spot. Now 10 full seconds over Linus Lundquist. The Indy Light Series is, of course, the top road of the Road to Indy Ladders program uh, designed to give opportunities for open-wheel drivers to advance their careers heading towards the IndyCar Series. Nobody knows the Road to Indy quite like Rob Howden. And, uh, Rob, I know uh, championships still on the line in Indy Pro 2000 and USF 2000. A lot to go racing uh, for here towards the end of the season this fall. Yeah, Nick, once this checkered flag flies, there'll be only two more races left for Indy Lights, Indy Pro 2000, and USF 2000. And as you guys had mentioned, October 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course will crown our champions. The scholarships going to the drivers, of course, winning all three of those levels, culminating in the $1.25 million scholarship for the Indy Lights winner. We got ourselves a pretty good battle in USF 2000. Kiko Porto, though with a decent advantage right now over Michael D. Orlando. Porto, the Brazilian who runs for D-Force Racing, had a great second half half of the season. He leads over D. Orlando, the driver out of New York for Cape Motorsports. So they'll battle it out for that championship and the scholarship to move to Indy Pro. In the Indy Pro category, which is kind of cool, we have the driver's last two champions in USF 2000 actually going at it right now for Indy Pro. It's Christian Rasmussen for J. Howard Driver Development scrapping it out with Braden Eves from Exclusive Autosport. Those two drivers still very close in terms of the championship to win that scholarship worth over $700,000 to move to Indy Lights. And of course, as we know, we see what's happening on the racetrack right 
right, ne- right now here with Cal Kirkwood. He's looking to cap off another sweep of a weekend. But all told, looking forward to being at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course in a couple of weekends, Nick. All the coverage will be available on the Road to Indy app or Road to Indy.tv. Uh, should be some pretty exciting racing. And again, by the end of that weekend, there'll be three very happy drivers knowing that their plans for 2022 are locked and loaded. Yep, happy and, and most importantly, deserving as well because uh, the Road to Indy, just like IndyCar, goes to uh, crisscrosses the United States, multiple different types of tracks, uh, you know, some of the, the, the flat, bumpy street circuits like St. Petersburg and Detroit and some of these free-flowing road courses as well. Indy Lights gets to run on some ovals. I know, oh, who is it, Rob? Is it USF 2000 that gets to race it uh, there in Claremont at the Lucas Oil Raceway as well? I mean, a little short track racing for some of these young drivers as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. We run at Lucas Oil Raceway, the classic, the night before the 500, many years before. Now it's the Carb Night Classic on Friday nights. They run the Freedom 75 for the drivers in USF 2000 and the Freedom 90 for the drivers in Indy Pro. Getting a, a chance to get their feet wet in the ovals before they get up to the high speed Indy Lights cars. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Uh, let's focus in here in the last five or six laps, Michael. Pretty good battle. Robert McGinnis and Rasmus Lynn out of turn number five. It's a battle for sixth position. Robert McGinnis now makes his way up that hill to that left-hander of turn number five. Rasmus Lint has been able to close that gap. It's about four car lengths now, then about six back to Devlin DeFrancesco and Stingray Rob after that incident at the beginning of the race. He's able to close himself back on that rear wing of Devlin DeFrancesco. Yeah, really, you can kind of throw a blanket over those four cars as they're separated by two or three car lengths each. They get to the top of the corkscrew. It is, again, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. McGinnis Lynn DeFrancesco and Stingray Rob. Jake, they're headed to you to turn number nine. Yep, Robert McGinnis will lead that quartet. As a matter of fact, he set up fairly aggressively entering into turn number 10. He got wide early, but Rasmus Lynn was not able to make up any ground. They worked their way now. You are correct in the fact that those four totally evenly spaced. Throw a blanket on them coming out of turn number 11. It's the navy and white of uh, McGinnis, the green car of Rasmus Lynn, who's showing some pace. The yellow of DeFrancesco, the red and blue of Stingray Rob. Once again, they go down the hill towards turn number one and uh, Michael Young. It's a good four-car battle for the sixth spot. And those four cars make their way to turn number three as we see Robert McGinnis makes his way through turn number four. Right behind him, as we said, Rasmus Lynn. He's about three car lengths back. Then Devlin Francesco front end, a little bit of understeer there. And I think if anybody's going to have an opportunity to make a pass, it looks like Stingray Rob. He gets a nice run out of turn number five. It's McGinnis six, then Lynn seventh, Francesco eighth, and Stingray Rob ninth. Davey, it's been a, a tough weekend. A lot of learning for Chris. Christian Bogle and his rookie campaign for the Indy Light Series presented by Cooper Tires moments ago. Missed the corkscrew and, uh, boy, front wings, a lot of times they're used for aerodynamics. That one looked like a snowplow. Yeah, he went way off. I mean, I mean, way into the gravel, spread rocks all over the uh, the racetrack, coming off the corkscrew right in front of our leader. Uh, doesn't look like the cars hurt any. They came in, pulling some rocks out of the radiator inlets right now, but should be able to finish up this last few laps. Alex, that car uh, hasn't stayed blue very much this weekend as they're cleaning it up on pit lane. No, it unfortunately has not for the Carlin Racing Team. That number seven, Christian Vogel leads with gravel all over those tires. It goes out, and actually they had to go into that right side, side pod where the radiator is, and there is a whole lot of gravel right there that they had to clear out. I mean, it 
it definitely uh, is a lot there. I had to sort of stay on your toes, not get hit by the spray as it came out of the pits. But Christian Bogle, after they checked everything, made sure that the front wing was nice and secure. And now he is back out to try to finish this race. Yep, so he'll get back out uh, one lap down here on the closing laps here at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. Kirkwood, Malukas, Lundquist, Frost, Peters on the top five. Then it's Robert McGinnis in sixth, who was just holding on for dear life to try to hold on to that uh, sixth position and finish there. Rasmus Lynn is pressuring him. Devlin Francesco is there. So is Stingray Rob. Jake out of turn number nine back down the hill. Yeah, it felt like Stingray Rob kind of let that trio get away from him, but now all of a sudden he's closed in again on DeFrancesco. Front of this pack is Robert McGinnis. Works his way now into turn number 11. He does so with Lynn just behind him, then DeFrancesco, and then Rob. Once again, completely evenly spaced. A car length and a half running between 6, 7, 8, and 9. And there's just three laps to go for this battle to be decided, Michael Young, as they go back towards turn number 2. Yeah, and I really thought Stingray Rob had the best opportunity to maybe snag that eighth position away from Devlin DeFrancesco this time around and through turn number three. Robert McGinnis about a four car length advantage over Rasmuth Lid. Then Devlin DeFrancesco able to close that gap between he and Rasmuth Lid down to about three car lengths. All four of those cars make their way through turn number four. Now the left-hander of turn number five. Robert McGinnis five car lengths over Rasmuth Lid. Two car lengths back to Devlin DeFrancesco and three back to Stingray Rob. Maybe they're searching, but boy, it is just so hard to set up a pass here at WeatherTech Raceway. It really is. As we mentioned at the start of the show, one of the funnest racetracks a race driver can go around with the elevation changes, the high speed, the low speed corners, the corkscrew. Just has a little bit of everything. Really a blast to drive, but very frustrating when you're behind cars and can't make a move and can't overtake. So um, you got to just be patient and continue to just hammer away and hope for pressuring the car in front of you into a mistake. And this battle is taking place, again, for the sixth position. A good 44, call it 45 seconds behind our race leader, Kyle Kirkwood, who has the advantage with just two laps to go. We'll take one more look at that battle for sixth. Robert McGinnis, one more time, Michael, down into turn number two. And this time, Rasmuth Lint will close in on that rear wing, takes a different line than Robert McGinnis. Rasmuth Lint now closes it down to about three car legs, but McGinnis able to get back into the throttle as he makes his way through turn number three. This is the battle for sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. Now Robert McGinnis stretches it back out as Rasmuth Lint dove deep into turn two, but it's McGinnis who's able to stretch that advantage back out about six car legs through turn number five. Then Rasmuth Lint, Devlin DeFrancesco, and the machine of Stingray Rob. They climb the hill and go underneath the VP bridge towards turn six. And Michael, you could turn your attention to turn number two very quickly because here comes our race leader. White flag is out for Kyle Kirkwood. This kid is a whole lot of something special. Makes his way through turn number three. And to give you an idea of how big this advantage is for Kyle Kirkwood as he makes his way through turn number four, David Malukas is just now cresting the hill through turn number one. So Kyle Kirkwood through turn number five, David Malukas now through the end ready hair pit. Here comes Kyle Kirkwood for the final time. He climbs the hill and up to turn number six. We were impressed yesterday after a late race caution that in just seven or eight laps, Kyle Kirkwood was able to win by seven seconds. He has a 26.4 second advantage over
over the entire field. He tiptoes his way into the corkscrew and blasts his way out. Kyle Kirkwood, Jake, into turn number nine for the final time. His performance is so good that the Sun wanted to be able to see it on every inch of the racetrack, and that's what he is getting right now. Kyle Kirkwood with the Sun completely blanketing now the WeatherTech Raceway at Laguna Seca comes for the final time of turn number 11. And he's going to swerve back and forth, laying a little Cooper tire rubber on the front straightaway. Sees the twin checkered flags. It's win number nine for Kyle Kirkwood from Jupiter, Florida, as he takes the top spot to win and sweep the weekend here at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. As the rest of the field makes their way towards the uh, checkered flag, let's get a good one last look. Jake Query, if you're still there, on that battle for the uh, the sixth position with Robert McGinnis, they're making their way out of the carousel. Yeah, they work their way now down off of the carousel. Robert McGinnis has Raspin Lynn about two car lengths behind him. They have gapped now to DeFrancesco, who has the bigger concern of Stingray Rob. But that's how they run. Six, seven, eight, nine through turn number 11. Into that final corner, Robert McGinnis is going to accelerate, and he's going to get the job done. He's going to hold off Rasmus Lynn to take that sixth spot. Lynn's going to finish seventh. Devil DeFrancesco across the line in eighth, and Stingray Rob will have to settle for ninth. But it is Kyle Kirkwood. The final margin, Davey Hamilton, 26 <laughs> seconds. I don't think I've seen that in many, many years covering the Indy Lights Series. Yeah, pretty amazing. 26 seconds, and then it's another 13 seconds from second to third. So not a very competitive race uh, towards the front of the field today, unfortunately. But it was very competitive in the middle from Frost down to Stingray Rob. Pretty exciting. All those cars within you know just a few seconds. So uh, hard to pass as we continue to say. But when you have a a driver and a team and, and the, the car so perfectly for Kirkwood, uh, man, nothing's going to hold him back. Yeah, you're right. When uh, when Kyle Kirkwood likes a racetrack as much as he likes this one, it, it doesn't matter the shape of the track or the design. He was going to be absolutely untouchable. He scores again his ninth win of this season and his points lead is now 15 markers over David Malukas who again finishes in second a very distant 26 seconds behind Linus Lundquist all by himself, he finishes third. Daniel Frost was close, about a second behind in the fourth position. Benjamin Peterson ended up fifth. So that, that battle that we talked about at the midway point of the race between Lundquist, Frost, and Peterson, no change in the final laps as Lundquist will grab the final step on the podium. Frost fourth, Peterson fifth. And then that battle towards the back of the pack that uh, was pretty good. Robert McGinnis holds on to hey, take the sixth spot. Rasmus Lynn seventh. Devlin Francesco eighth. Stingray Rob finishes ninth. About four seconds behind Stingray Rob was Manuel Suleiman. Final car on the lead lap. He comes home in tenth. Christian Bogle finishes eleventh today. Uh, two laps down and Kyle Kirkwood going to pop out of that race car and celebrate another win. Davey, I mean, he got the job done this weekend. He's got mid-Ohio circled because of how good he is there, but uh, might we might look back at this weekend and say this is the weekend the championship was won. Yeah, I, I would think it is. Because we know how well he runs at Mid-Ohio. Matter of fact, has he ever even lost at Mid-Ohio in anything? I think he just dominates everything he gets in at Mid-Ohio, including the Indy Lights race. So um, I think this really put a sticker on, or a seal on the championship for him because this was the question mark that we thought, well, if Malukas has to do something, he has to do it here at Laguna because we know how good Kirkwood is at Mid-Ohio. Yep.
Yep, Malukas, no doubt, is going to, uh, he'll take a shot at mid-Ohio, but as you mentioned, it's going to take a big, big effort for the driver of car 79 to overcome Kyle Kirkwood at that place. But, uh, boy, Malukas has no reason to hang his head as he was clearly, again, the second-best car today as he finishes in second. Linus Lundquist does a good job. Rob holding on, uh, taking the third spot as he held off Frost and Peterson. We'll start with David Malukas. David, you threw everything you could at uh, at this particular weekend here. You're in a championship battle, and that's really all you want at the start of the season, right? Give yourself a shot by the time we go to mid-Ohio at the end of the year. A solid run here today. You end up in second place. Give me your thoughts on the race itself. Yeah, I mean, after this, I'm going to go check his tires, see if there's Gorilla Glue or something on there. I mean, did you see the first lap? It's like he, he's just gone. I was like, man, are you sure those aren't like, like IndyCar or something? <laughs> Maybe he's in the wrong class. But, no, kudos to him. I mean, he, he was just, just gone. So I was kind of just ended up being by myself. And uh, I, I lost the gap to Linus there in the back. So I was just trying different lines, adjusting the bars. It was almost like a test day for me. But, no, I mean, I think we got everything that we could out of the HMD Motorsports car there. We definitely had some gains from yesterday but man it was uh, it was tough with uh, old tires and that many laps but still I'm very happy and I'm still that we're you know it's close enough I think going into mid-Ohio so hopefully it's going to be cooler there and then maybe an HMD Motorsports car is just oh, it's, maybe it'll be like him him now so but yeah Congrats on a good day, bud. Thank you. David Malukas, guys, coming in second position. 15 points behind, heading to mid-Ohio. But let's go now to Victory Lane and Alex Wolf with the race winner. Kyle Kirkwood, ninth win of the Indy Lights season, 30th in your road to Indy career. Have you run a uh, more perfect race than the one you had today? No, I have to say that was probably one of the best races I've had the entire year, maybe my entire career. You know, this weekend, it's been pretty effortless. That race right now, um, I was able to just get out front and just pull away, and that's exactly what we wanted to do. The car was absolutely phenomenal, and hopefully we can do the same at Mid-Ohio, but this points lead and what we did this weekend is pretty incredible. You talk about how effortless it was all weekend long. You know, it's sort of a cliche and an old uh, tale in racing, but when it got down towards the last laps, can you really hear every little sound that the car is making? Are you just hoping that everything uh, stays together with how perfect it's been going? You know, it's funny you mention that because when you're out front, that's all you can focus on is like, oh, what can happen now? Because we did have a mechanical at Road America when we felt we should have won. And I'm, f- I'm paying attention to my tires. I feel it start getting understeering. I'm like, oh, is something happening to them? But everything was fine. Everything was perfect. Um, it's just I guess when you're out there and you're just by yourself, only things can go wrong, right? So you tend to focus on all that, and fortunately nothing did. We are able to get that big gap and keep it there, and I couldn't be more thankful for the Andretti guys for giving me such a good set of wheels under me this weekend. Two weeks from now, two races, 15-point lead, and you go to really what's been almost your personal playground, Mid-Ohio, looking for this championship. Yeah, exactly. Mid-Ohio is a place that I love. It's probably my favorite track on the schedule, and to end it off there is super important for our championship, I believe. It's been a great weekend for you. Congratulations, and hope to see you close it out in two weeks. Thank you so much. That's Kyle Kirkwood. Let's head over to Rob Howden. Let's wrap things up here with Linus Lundquist. Linus, uh, obviously, we'd like to have a little bit more, but a couple of podiums are great. Uh, you put together a pretty solid body of work this year, P3 in the championship. Give me your thoughts on this race here today. Yeah, the race here today, we, we knew that we lacked some pace yesterday, so we, we wanted to try a couple of things to see if we can uh, close the gap. Um, I felt pretty confident in like, maybe the first two, two three, 
three, four laps. Uh, but after that, we um, yeah, we dropped off a little bit, and then we were just about holding on. So, um, you know, we had to go. It didn't really go our way, but that hour goes sometimes. So happy to be back on the podium. What's the mindset heading into mid-Ohio? Obviously, we hope to have you back in Indy Lights next year. I'm sure that's the plan. What is the mindset going to the finale? Nah, the, the mindset is the same as always. It's to win. That's why we're here. So uh, we're going to try to go and fight for race wins and pole positions and see what we can do. Hopefully, we can, uh, you know, uh, do a little bit of homework before going to mid-Ohio. But I'm sure that the HMD and Global guys will do that. Congrats on a good weekend. Thank you. Second and third for Linus Lundqvist. Nick Gilman, a couple of podiums for a young driver to Sweden who is very impressive. And should he come back to Indy Lights next year, would be the ultimate uh, contender for that title. Yep, no doubt has uh, cemented himself as uh, the third best driver in this championship uh, pretty consistently. And Linus has had a really good season to go along with the two race wins. But again, it is the championship leaders separated by just 15 points as they will head to mid-Ohio to close out the season two weeks from this weekend. A big thank you all season long for our Indy Lights coverage uh, for everyone involved, including those behind the scenes, our Indianapolis Master Control producer Sam Rumps of the general manager of IndyCar Radio, Chris Pollock, and in on-site at Dolly's Racetrack, Rick Evans as well uh, with his help with the production work. Congratulations to Kyle Kirkwood. He wins the race today and will head to Mid-Ohio with a 15-point lead. For Jake Query, Michael Young, Alex Wolf, Rob Howden, Davey Hamilton, I'm Nick Yeoman. We'll talk to you at 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific time with live pre-race coverage coming up for the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca.